0: Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and this is show number 32. I'm really excited to have Paul Frasca with me this week on the show. As you know, I really love interviewing and bringing to you guys a sense of hope that there are incredible people doing wonderful things by people and planet um, to keep moving us forward towards protecting this beautiful place that we all get to live and called home. And Paul is no exception to that sort of thought leadership that you've heard before from the beautiful Bronner family, from the awesome who gives a crap toilet paper to the uh, coffee grown out of, um, no, mushrooms grown out of coffee grounds uh, that are recycled and used and then sold. Some incredible things happening around the world. And what Paul's doing with Sustainable Salons Australia is Awesome. So basically, he has identified the problem of waste, incredible levels of waste, uh, which he's going to talk us through in this chat uh, in terms of stats, uh, both here in Australia and Europe and America. And he saw an opportunity to help businesses become part of a sustainable community, all the while recycling up to 95% of their uh, salon supplies and hair. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you can't recycle hair unless it's ponytail length because that's what they need for the wigs and it can't be coloured and all these sorts of things. And a lot of people assume that they can't make a difference with, like, a little trim, let's say, from your dyed blonde hair. You can, and Paul has connected with. A technology uh, company that exists, making hair booms to mop up oil spills, for example. There's just some awesome stuff coming out of this incredible business, and I just know you'll love meeting the owner today. So before we hook into that, I just want to remind you this is the absolute last week that you can make the most of the gorgeous Attitude bed linen offer. It is exclusive to us. It's been the whole month of March. I've loved seeing the colours that people are choosing and uh, things that people. People are getting their families to buy them for birthday or, you know, whatever you've got coming up, an anniversary, because sometimes, you know, linen falls into that slightly more expensive um, spending category and, and you know, I, I'm a big fan of buying less but buying better and bamboo lyocell, organic bamboo lyocell, is an extremely durable fabric as well as, as you've heard over the month, me talking about how it uses a lot less water and how bamboo uh, reproduces and grows itself a lot faster than cotton could ever hope to. So it's it's a wonderfully sustainable material. They're a beautiful company. And, you know, we always talk about supporting companies who are supporting amazing things even outside of their own sphere. And I love that they contribute from a portion of their sales to a wonderful organization responsible for education. The 60 million girls in the world right now are not getting an education, not necessarily just because they might be of a low socioeconomic not being able to afford to but simply because they were born a girl. And I love that they're backing this charity. I think it's, uh, you know, everyone can help. Every company can help. I'm proud to help in a couple of ways by donating 20% of my organic shopping bags that you can buy with the beautiful manifesto, which I'll pop a link to the show notes in today as well and give you guys a little bit of an offer there, to the incredible Ocean Cleanup Organization because by giving you bag option that means you can start saying no to those horrible single-use plastic bags... You can also help the environment because that's what I like to do as a company and Attitude is no different. Paul's company is no different that you're just about to hear from. So hop to the show notes, Attitude's details are all there. I've got a couple of pictures there to inspire you, but you can jump straight onto the website through the link and with that code from the show notes so that you get the 10% off enjoy, make the most of it. We don't know when they'll be back again. And enjoy today's show with Paul Frasca. Hello, Paul. How are you?
1: Hello, Alex. I'm good. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited about what we're going to, to hear from you today. A lot of people go to the hairdressers and just see it as this beautiful treat, this me time awesomeness. And of course, as with so many things that we talk about at the Low Tox Life, there's going to have to be that bombshell day where you go, oh crap, we're being poisoned and we're poisoning the planet. Whoopsie. <laughs> so, yeah, that's
1: one way of looking at it for sure. Like, uh, <laughs> definitely comes up in our sphere once in a while.
0: Yeah, totally. So, as a hairdresser yourself, and you've had what, 25 years experience, I think I remember you saying, like, how did you actually start to become more mindful of what you were using based on like, what was going on your clients and also what was the environmental impact
1: oh this is uh, really started with me when i met my partner evelina who is my life planner and business partner in sustainable salons australia we actually um we met in amsterdam evelina's uh from belgium and uh i was uh, living in amsterdam i a funny story i went to amsterdam for two weeks and actually stayed eight years
0: <laughs> wow yeah
1: <laughs> so in about the fourth year of living living there. I met my partner and uh, uh, she was studying uh, fashion sustainability. And uh, I was, you know, a hairdresser and I I wasn't thinking much at all about really what was Uh, going down the drain or going in the rubbish and things like this and uh, she really opened my eyes to this whole world of uh, looking at what is going in the waste bin and how can we deal with that and I'm not sure if you know but if you you know the Dutch uh, in general all of the Netherlands there they're very sustainably minded and once you start opening up these topics of you know the waters rising uh, again I'm not sure if you know but uh, the Netherlands lives a few meters below sea level so if the waters do rise they're about to lose their whole country in one go so it's it's, it's things like this that really stimulated me and started making me thinking. Well, what's happening in the hair salon? And uh, and and why is nobody in this space? Why is nobody trying to solve these problems? So that's really where it all began. We we just started wanting to solve problems because that's truly who we are. We're just problem solvers. It's not like I woke up one day saying, "Oh, I have to own a depot and start recycling." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's totally not where you start. As an activist, as an entrepreneur, all you see is problems that need fixing, whether you're one of those two things by profession. And um, it sounds like you're, you're somewhere in the middle, aren't you? Because it's a, a real passion. As a part, you know, a lot of women understand the conversation of sustainability long before men do. How mm. do you think you were... You were brought into that world by your partner. Like, what was there a thing that she said? Was there something that she... Kind of like was sharing with you that made you just instantly start to think about your own industry.
1: Oh, totally. You know, when when I first asked Evelina, you know, what is it you're studying and what are you looking at? She was she was looking at you know all the amount of cotton waste, right? You know, Mm. from clothes and 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 of course you don't think anything of it as an as as a consumer. You just purchase you know a t shirt and a pair of pants. You don't realize how much of that actually just goes to landfill. So once I started seeing these staggering numbers, like from, from the cotton industry, really, it's really when I stopped to look at the waste bin in the salon and the first thing that caught my eye was um, actually aluminium foil. Yeah, I was just um, about you know. to ask, yeah. Oh, it was just mind-blowing. And I was thinking, wow, it's, I looked in the, in the bin and I'm like, that must be at least half the bin. And then, of course, that's really where it all kick-started. Uh, to cut a long story short... So before we started sustainable salons, we actually went and uh, studied over 160 salons' waste bins <laughs> before, <laughs> because uh, there is a long story to that. But uh, we we actually thought, well, you know, we have to figure out, well, what where's the problems and how can we solve them and once we did that report and we studied, you know, we went to salons and said, hey, um, do you mind if we take your rubbish for a week? (laughs) That's (laughs) how it all kind of came about. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I just want to snoop through your rubbish. And salons were so kind of confused by that. And uh, when we when we actually collected it all, uh, just to give you one big number of how much we found there. So aluminium foil ended up making up around about 50% of the waste bin. And that equated to about just over a million kilos of oil goes to landfill yearly from hair mm. salons.
0: Wow. And is are you talking just Australia or is this a global Just Australia. Stat? America,
1: you're looking at 45 million kilos. Europe, 78 million kilos of aluminium foil goes to landfill yearly. That is
0: a lot of blonde hair, ladies. Hey,
1: that's <laughs> right. Well, you,
0: and, and, and as
1: an Italian, you know, I was that boy growing up thinking, you know, like how do I make money? And my grandfather would be like, yeah, you go collect the cans. Uh, you make the money. <laughs> and, I, and I'm and i thinking, wait a second, what's the difference between a can and aluminium foil and you quickly realize nothing it's Mm. exactly the same and if you took it to the scrapyard you'll get exactly the same value for it so uh, uh, I thought and that's when it really that was another big surprising part to me when I first took my first bag of foil to a scrapyard and said will you give me money for this (laughs) I didn't know how to approach him and he's like it's aluminium yes I will (laughs) I thought wow there you go that's kind of where it all began and um and we were off from there, really. We looked at everything from there on.
0: Right. And isn't it interesting that your grandpa kind of planted that seed, you know, this is how you make money as a kid. And it turns out this is how you actually start a business as an adult to really make a difference as well. So cool. Oh uh, Yeah.
1: As, as, an, uh, as an Italian grandfather, yeah, it was all about money. So he, mm. he, he found money in everything. It uh, doesn't matter what we did on the farm. There was always a way to make a dollar. And, uh, and uh, yeah, definitely it influenced me a lot.
0: Yeah. So where did you grow up? You mentioned a farm.
1: Yeah, we grew up uh, northwest of Sydney, Uh, so my grandparents had a a rose farm, uh, so we would always uh, have to pass through my grandparents' place there on the way home, because it was only just around the corner from where we lived, and, uh, you know, that's kind of where me and my brothers and cousins, we were kind of, you know, the the labourers of the family where, yeah. you know, your grandfather's like, hey, you've got the six of boys, uh, uh, there's uh, all of my workers, get to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he basically put us to work every day and, and uh, we learned how to grow roses.
0: <laughs> okay. Do you reckon the fact that you lived and grew up in a natural, more natural rather than urban setting meant that you were more able to like – think more about nature once it was presented to you as an adult in Amsterdam, kind of thinking, you know?
1: It's only later in life do you... Like that. So when you're when you're young, growing up, you know, people always say to me, "Oh, you must love roses." I say, <laughs> "Roses—that's the end product." You want to know what I did? I used to wake up at three in the morning. Yeah. I used to have to move sprinkler systems across the farm, <laughs> shovel manure from uh, six o'clock in the morning. I, I tell you, there's nothing glamorous about it. So basically, being on you're farm. saying
0: there's absolutely no romantic <laughs> rem- oh, memories. And, and watching yeah.
1: a, a chicken, right? Like you, you get, you know, I don't think anyone's really ever seen their chicken. Had been slaughtered and then and then served you on a plate. As a kid growing up, we just thought that was normal, but mm. uh, you always actually as, aspired to look at the chicken in the uh, in the in the supermarket because you, it was just different. Yeah. And uh, and as as you get older, you really now fall back, going, God, I miss the flavour of that chicken as a kid, and God, I miss the flavour of that tomato. And yeah, it's it's amazing now. I really do miss it.
0: Mm. You mentioned the foil, like that's obviously a yes. massive one. How about plastics? And do, do most hairdressers use latex gloves or do they use like, like PVC? What, is that recyclable as well?
1: Yeah, all these things. So to throw some statistics at you. So when we actually did this study, uh, to give you an idea, so half the waste bin was metal, uh, around about another, and it, it does bounce around every year, but around about uh, 17 to 20% will be then plastics from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another another around 15% will be uh, paper, uh, hair makes up around 11%. And then you've got all your bits and pieces after that. Uh, like gloves. Gloves actually is an interesting one you bring up. Gloves actually was one of those only products we couldn't find someone to deal with these. You mm. know, and and uh, and this uh, stimulated us to really solve the problem as well because we we found out okay gloves are made from latex and rubbers and so forth and and nobody would take them. And then I was wondering, why is nobody creating a biodegradable glove? Mm. Right? You're thinking it's, it's only obvious. Millions of gloves are used every year in the hairdressing industry. They're very lightweight, but they don't degrade. You know, a lot of these gloves take up, up to 200 years to, to degrade. And I'm thinking, well, why is no one solving this problem? So we went out and we contacted a company in America to solve this problem. And, uh, and now we have the first ever biodegradable glove that's made from a high quality nitrile. It's, a nitrile is a synthetic latex, mm-hmm. which then breaks down within the soil. And, uh, yeah, so it's no longer harmful uh, because gloves are just thrown in the rubbish and end up in landfill. It's, Amazing. That, and are these, yeah.
0: like, can people buy these commercially for home use or does it have to be through professional? Sure. Awesome. No, not at all. I'm totally going to link that yeah. because, you know, a lot of people use gloves, like they prefer to put on gloves if they're, I don't know, cutting up meat or there's all sorts of reasons people want to wear gloves doing the dishes. You know, it's not easy to find a powder-free latex glove at the best of times. But if there's one that also degrades super well. Oh,
1: totally. And these gloves as well. See, a lot of people get actually skin uh, skin problems with latex gloves. So as a nitrile glove, you don't get any of those issues. Uh, So it's actually really good for the beauty industry, hairdressing, uh, hospitality, hospitals, we made it also very uh, high quality so it can be worn more than, more than you know, 10 times rather than it's just used once. Because people, have, you know, it's funny, people think it's biodegradable, it's going to biodegrade while they're actually doing oh, their no, job. No. Yeah. <laughs> I say no. It, ta- it takes about, uh, around about you know, uh, 30 to 60 days before it biodegrades in the soil. So it's not going to biodegrade. Oh, that's awesome. So
0: they're not single use either. That's great. Hmm. No.
1: Yeah. So you get value for money.
0: And let's go through that whole bin. So foil, where does that go? What, how you recycle it and it gets sent somewhere?
1: Yeah. So look, uh, maybe I'll I'll explain a little bit like this because it'll explain the company a little bit. So Sustainable Sons Australia, we're we're a comprehensive resource recovery service that is specifically designed for the hairdressing industry and beauty. We reward our customers for being on the program. And 100% of everything that we collect out of these bins goes back into local communities and charitable programs. So now just saying that, now it's probably easier to answer yeah, the totally. question. So what where does metals go? Because each each waste product has a story in our in our organization. Uh, so metal, all the metals collected, so we collect aluminium foil, all the colour tubes, you know, when you get your hair colored, that's all made yep. from aluminium, your spray cans. Uh, even the tuna cans, hairdressers just love to eat tuna. Oh, my God. I keep reminding them, guys, if you keep eating all that tuna, we're going to have no tuna left, <laughs> you know, and uh, to support sustainable nutrition. Yeah, tuna. totally. Not to mention um, the mercury so,
0: levels that build up. That's not good for their brains.
1: Hey, mm. totally. Uh, it's exactly right. We should be eating salmon for a while now so we can <laughs> replenish all the tuna. <laughs> um, so we collect all that. We bale it into big bales, around 200 kilos. We then sell all that metal, all the money raised through that. we Give to a company called Oz Harvest, oh, who I helps love feed Ronnie. the homeless yeah. and people Ronnie in Ronnie and her
0: team are oh, awesome. Ronnie's the best. Yeah.
1: Totally love them, and we're really proud now. So our organisation gets to feed over two thousand homeless people every month through our metals and paper bin. It's just fantastic.
0: Incredible and so what else do you want to tell me about the bin I, i'd like to learn about the hair you do some pretty amazing things with the hair <laughs> and this is a lot of you know because a lot of people get a trim right and we know that you need substantial length for contributing to wigs and it can't be colored and there's all those sorts of things but but you can mm. do stuff with little bits of hair what are you guys doing with it
1: totally so we do we separate our hair stories into two so you got the hair clippings and the ponytails because they're both hair but they're actually two completely separate things so the hair clippings so all the little bits of pieces of hair that gets cut off that gets put into the first ever hair bin <laughs> which i i think consumers when they you know they're sitting down getting their hair cut and they're looking out at this hair bin going why do you have a hair bin mm. uh, so uh, the hairdressers then explain this amazing story so uh, around about 20 years ago uh, a gentleman in america called otty was a barber who funny enough came he was watching An oil spill happening in the Gulf of Mexico, and thought, he goes, well, wouldn't hair be a great material to soak up that oil? And 20 years ago, he he then uh, he thought, okay, well, uh, you know, what I should test this idea. And basically, he came up with an idea of creating kind of like it's an otty mat. It ended up being called. So basically, a compressed hair to look like a bit of like a carpet mat. And you think of those little cubes. And uh, yeah, so he created this product and uh, it was amazing. It soaked up the oil really well because you know you use shampoo to wash off the oil. Well, this is just the reverse, right? Yeah. It's now using the hair to soak up the oil. So basically uh, uh, that product then got commercialized in America because it was then also studied by NASA, funny enough. Wow. NASA actually, yeah, NASA thought this was very fascinating and you can actually read all about it online. And I was uh, as an apprentice growing up reading about this story going, God, that's fascinating. I really, I, I never thought today that I would be uh, doing this for Australia, but I, I remember thinking, God, that's fascinating. And and uh, over time, that ottimat then developed into what we call today a hair boom, which is a low cost version of the ottimat which is basically hair when you think about it, pushed into a stocking that mm-hmm. makes a big sausage and if you ever type in hair boom online you'll you'll see what i mean it's this it looks like a big salami stick
0: okay also but, uh, i'll put a link i'll put a link for everybody so they can just head straight oh, to it great. in the show notes yeah
1: and uh, yeah, so uh, this hair boom then got made during the BP oil spill that happened recently, uh, recently a, f- a few years back now. And over a million kilos of hair was collected to help soak up that oil spill in America. So the military even got involved in help packing these and pushing them into into the hair booms, and um, they helped support local communities who you know who have fisheries on you know close to the shore to stop the oil coming into their fisheries. Mm-hmm. And it was just that fantastic story. So we caught on to that and thought, you know what, we can do this here in Australia. We've got a Great Barrier Reef. You know, the Great Barrier Reef is about to be in a little bit of, you know, trouble soon. Yeah, Yeah. you know, we've got a Point uh, about to put in one of the largest ports uh, along the reef, which is going to be having many ships every month. Uh, They're estimating around 60 ships a month going right through the Great Barrier Reef just to get that coal off to India. And uh, basically, look, that's gonna be a huge issue because if we ever do get an oil spill there, it's gonna be devastating. And I think if we could do our bit just by having hair booms prepared and ready to be deployed, if that does happen, that that we start now. Because it's not like if that oil spill happened, if we don't start five years in advance, we're not gonna have enough hair to Mm. go up there to solve that issue. So we're on a mission at the moment to collect as much hair as possible. and have enough hair booms to be ready to be deployed uh, in, in, in Australia.
0: I feel really bad that I've just decided consciously to grow my hair out, Paul. I can't, <laughs> I can't be part of this.
1: <laughs> well, we're really proud also right now. <laughs> I know what you mean, right? Hey, if, I always said to my to the sales, I said, guys, if there's going to be an oil spill, you're going to have to convince your clients to have that extra two centimetres off. Totally. You know, they they might have want the Meg Ryan, but you've got to now give them the Mia Farrow cut. <laughs> 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 oh my
0: gosh! And like, do you mind my asking, from a business perspective, like that mm-hmm. is a huge cost to you guys to store and house? Surely, yes. from a warehousing perspective, how does that get funded?
1: It's all part of our program about how a salon joins our, our program and uh, has our service. So there's a whole range of tools that, uh, so when a salon looks to become a sustainable salon, they uh, they join on. So it's not just that story alone, there's multiple stories within the program. It also, we provide a lot of marketing to a salon to then help push these stories to the customer as they're Wonderful. sitting down. Yeah. And, and uh, our salons join a membership to be part of this. So I say to any salon, I say, you know, currently you've probably got a waste service. Well, I'm sure every salon's got a waste service. And if they're lucky, they've got a recycling service. But I say to them, what's that recycle been doing for your business? Mm. And a lot of people say, well, not a lot, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I say, well, well, look what I'm about to do for your business. We're going to mm. make so many amazing stories. We're going to make a lady come in to have a full head of foils, which now contributes to a quarter of a meal to a homeless person by us taking that metal off her head.
0: Mm, incredible. And when you join the dots for people, in that everyday choices, depending on how we make them and what we make, um, it can just so dramatically impact the world for the better if if we're just awake to things so it's great that you share you know you get your businesses on board so they get to feel good but I agree with you it's the stories that you make the the way you connect to to the people who are coming through the doors because then they're going to be thinking about things differently I'd imagine have you got any data around people who have who have taken the idea of the recycling that you offer and actually then started to look at the products they're using and a whole bunch of other things in their business as well?
1: Yeah, totally. So it's a really interesting question because basically what we found out early on is that you talk to any like a salon owner or anyone in a small business and, and you say, oh, you know, what are you doing sustainably? And do you want to be more sustainable? And people always say the same thing. They're like, oh, I totally want to be more sustainable. I want to be on board. I want to do charities. I want to be part of all these things, but it's always too difficult, yeah. you know? And I get that. Like if we, if, if a salon had to take on, all the initiatives we do on their own it would be impossible they would be driving off to drop off a bag of foil every two weeks and making two dollars or five dollars it's not worth it you'd be spending more in petrol to drop off that foil than to actually actually dealing with it yourself so it's it's really interesting that you know when we talk to someone like that everyone kind of needs a one-stop shop you know and it makes life so much easier so creating that within our program means we say to a salon, well, just by joining now, we can provide all of this service, and now you can be part of multiple charities Provide all the recycling that you've ever wanted to do, if not, you know, far beyond that. Because, uh, like I said, we even provide chemical recycling services for our clients to develop wow. chemicals from the salon. And 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 without us, there is no other service that can even do that. But we can only tie it in within one package. We can't do it as individual because it'd just be too expensive. Of
0: course, it's all about economy of scale. Exactly. When you're talking about the tiny amounts that you're picking up from tiny businesses.
1: That's it. So I I say to any other small business or people looking to start similar models like this is that it's creating that one-stop shop and always remember to reward them for being part of the program because people, you know, to take on such initiatives, they should be rewarded for that as a business.
0: Absolutely. So do they then get to start entering sustainable business awards and those sorts of things to raise their profile? I'd imagine they would be able to.
1: Totally do, yeah, really. We've had so many salons win local business awards from uh, uh, having our program. We've had salons in in state papers, national newspapers. We've been on TV, you know, talking about it. On and now, it's it's getting a lot of attention now that we're coming into our third year because it's really like again, it's one of those hairy stories, right? You know, it's great. For I love the front a good page. Pun.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know. So uh, so they're all like, oh, you know, it just kind of blows them away, and uh, yeah, so. Yeah, it's definitely good for their business uh, to have because it, it takes you to another level and it separates you from other businesses in the area.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and what's your big picture goal? Like where do you think this is going? Are you thinking like of, of trying to get it into other countries, setting up depots all over the place? Like where? what's your, your as they say, big hairy goal?
1: <laughs> Big, hairy goal. <laughs> well, <laughs> currently we operate across four states. Yeah. And of course, uh, our our current goal would be to just make sure we get into every major s- uh, state. So oh, I should say ma- major city. Yeah. And then we've got regional Australia still to deal with because mm-hmm. we have a, a lot of salons in parts of Australia where we can't reach yet because we're a physical service you know getting out to Wagga Wagga and and Ballarat's and Shepparton's and all these other uh, places around Australia is is our big goal that's where we really want to figure out models that can get us out into all parts of Australia so no salon who wants to be sustainable basically you know that if they they're want to not be left sustainable, behind yeah that's right they're not mm-hmm. left behind
0: Amazing. So, like, could you do like subcontracted little depot areas that local recyclers can take to and then you pick up once a quarter? Kind of like, is that what you're thinking?
1: Totally. Yeah. We're, we're building collaborations with a whole range of, uh, with recyclers, because it's, it's really funny, a lot of them are starting to lose jobs, right, in the mining industry. Uh, all these jobs are starting to disappear now due to technology starting to take off a lot more, and of course, the high cost of living within Australia. So uh, when I've joined now some forums, people are starting to say, well, we've started a recycling companies. See, recycling's on the way up. Mm. And and they're saying, well, we need more business. We'd love to be subcontracted by you, and uh, and I said, well, that's great. Well, that's uh, this is really good. So we're actually finding a lot of people willing in these areas to yeah be contracted out by us. So yeah, it's gonna be it's it's an interesting time. I hope within the next few years we'll be able to cover all of Australia.
0: How awesome! And Paul, do you mind me asking, like going from hairdressing to having a massive logistics business because essentially that's what a recycling business is exactly Um, yeah like that's a pretty big transformation have you had any like personal challenges around that that you've found along the way and and how did you stay so focused on your goal that it got you through what i'd imagine would have been some some seriously hard times in getting something this massive off the ground
1: yeah it's a good question people ask me all the time like how did you do it and and uh it's funny, uh, I, I come from parents that both had their own businesses and, and my partner, Evelina, she also had the same. So we grew up always seeing, I guess, our parents taking on big challenges uh, and and never really fearing those challenges. So that's really what we did the same. To, to tell you the truth, I don't feel like this is really any different in my life, taking on even from hairdressing to now uh, having depots and vehicles that cross over hundreds of kilometers across different states. And it just feels like it's all all work to me. As long as you love what you do, it doesn't really matter what you do because you just, you wake up happy and that's it. I, I, I still don't see this as anything harder than standing on a hairdressing floor all day cutting hair uh, yeah, actually, my back used to hurt quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> cutting hair all day and blow drying. Uh, you know, today I get to sit down a lot. Which, to tell you the truth, I need a mix. I don't like sitting in the office too long. Mm. I do need to get out and about on the oh, road.
0: I'm, I'm absolutely the same. I yep. yeah. need a mix.
1: Yeah, and once in a while, I still need to blow dry someone's hair. I say, I say to my mother, if you want to, if you want your hair done, you've got to come here and sit in the depot, and I'll still do your hair.
0: I love it. That's so great. <laughs> Paul, thank you so much. Like it's just so inspiring to know there are people like you facilitating sustainability because I think everyone wants to be more sustainable, but it's not often easy for people to be more sustainable based on, you know, if you've got a micro business, It's, it's just sometimes hard to set this stuff up. And for you to facilitate that for people, I reckon, is just such an awesome thing. Thank you so much. Can you tell us what's coming up? And where where can we find you? How can people get on board?
1: Oh, well, for any uh, hair salons and beauty salons out there, it's as simple as just looking us up online at sustainablesalons.com.au and registering your interest. That will automatically trigger one of our business development managers to contact you directly and uh, come and sit down with you in the salon to explain the program. And uh, of course, social media uh, is, is growing for us on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, responding within those forums will also get a reaction from us to contact you. And uh, uh, what I say to consumers, which I hope I'm talking to through your program as well, is to support sustainable salons when you see them out and about. They've got special stickers on their windows. You can also uh, contact us directly for your closest sustainable salon. uh, And we direct consumers to those salons because, uh, of course, uh, you know, if you want your hair to be going off to clean up an oil spill or you want your ponytail to be supporting a child with alopecia or cancer, this is really important to us so please support us
0: beautiful and it's at sustainable salons australia or one word lowercase for instagram i literally just started following you guys (laughs) while we were on the call oh cool anyone can do it right (laughs) exactly i love what you just said there about People getting out and supporting a sustainable salons. I might challenge you to say we can go a step further than that. As people who like to get their hair done, I know I do. Is we can challenge our hairdressers to get on board, and we can say, "Look, this is something I'm really passionate about. I've just checked it out. Here's their Instagram totally. feed. Just start following them and seeing, you know, checking out a little bit about what they're about. You know, you're not saying I'm going to leave you if you don't do this, but just <laughs> to kind of plant that seed because you know, we might be waking them up for the first time or they might just be tuning into a frustration they've always had, putting out that bin every day, going, far out, this is a waste. And all of a sudden you've helped them realise there's something they can do about it.
1: Totally. I reckon that's a great idea because, look, uh, like any business, if your customer says like, hey, you should get on board, that will instantly trigger them to make a phone call to us. So please do that. Let your salon and your stylist know to uh, look in and take interest in becoming a sustainable salon.
0: Love it. And can I ask you one like at home question yeah, just to finish? Go for it. How big does a ball of foil have to be for us to put it in <laughs> our recycling bin? This is such oh, an gonna... argued kind of thing out in the interwebs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to tell us straight up.
1: Well, we invented the whole uh refill crush recycle program and how to crush the balls. And we actually have a campaign called How Big Are Your Balls?
0: Oh, I love it. See, I was meant to ask you this question. The bigger, <laughs> the,
1: bigger the balls, the better. <laughs> so um, so it's tennis size balls or larger mm-hmm. is the perfect ideal size to be repelled off the machine, which is called an eddy current. So uh, make sure you crush them into balls around about tennis size ball.
0: Okay, awesome. That's a great little note to finish on because we can all start doing that today if you have foil in your house. Just crush it, save it, wait till you've got another bit, and that way it's big enough to recycle. Totally. Cool. Um, an odd little tangent to finish there, Paul, but I just, that was something I wanted straightened <laughs> out. And I know people have asked me and there's conflicting stuff out there. So thank you so much for your time. It was awesome to have a chat, get to know you. Can't wait to send thousands of people out to their hairdressers all saying, <laughs> hey, check out Sustainable Salons Australia and um, and getting more people on board for the great work that you guys do.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: Super welcome. Bye.
1: All right. Thanks, Alex.
0: Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Check out the show notes at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast. And if you wanted to maybe share a quote and something that really jumped out for you, you can find us on Instagram at lowtoxlife or simply hashtag lowtoxlife across social media. I absolutely love bringing you the show. Thank you for any of the star ratings or one line reviews that you guys have left. It helps me know what you've been loving and what you'd love to see more of.